Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. and Shalom. This is your host, Mark Reimbold, back again. And uh, this is the House of Ephraim show. Do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in this show. It's Mark Reinbolt. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in, in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois, out what we call lovingly the Corn Patch. And you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God and I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material. Not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service, and we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity, again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that. And you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprofit.com. That's cradle at jewishprofit.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that Mark was talking about and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call. 618-262-2810 and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deggert. New Moon. Hebrew, it's Rosh Hadesh. The New Moon is a very special time held in great esteem to to God's people. I, I shouldn't just say unto... Uh, Jewish people, but to God's people. And we're going to start tonight in Genesis, the first chapter, the 14th and the 15th verses. 14 and 15 
in Genesis 1. It said, And God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be for lights in the firmament for the heaven to give light upon the earth, and it was so. Now, that, that's really, really neat because if you understand this light that will divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. Now, we know that God has specifically set, and everything that, that, that there is or everything that there ever has been with God began according to His commandment. Now, God brought forth, and the phase of the moon is 30 days, all right, is 30 days from the time that it, 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 it goes from new moon unto all the way back around to the dark of the moon again, the new moon, is 30 days. Now, the Jewish people have esteemed it only because what God said. And tonight what we want to do is to look at the importance of new moon. We keep new moon. I'm going to, I'm going to teach you tonight how, if you decide to keep it, how to keep it, and for the right reasons, ask to keep it. But we must understand that this is something that God did. This doesn't have a thing to do with, with uh, uh, anything else. You, you would think, now, the way the church would think would be, it would be full moon, right? Because we're right now full moon and how pretty it is. And, and, and no, full moon doesn't have a thing to do with any of it. It's new moon. It is beginnings. Uh, you'll find with God, many, many things are beginnings. And with the refreshing or the beginning of the new month, is very important to the Lord. And the Lord said it to be so in Exodus, the 12th chapter. If you'll jump over there with me, Exodus 12, you'll find that, that He brought forth here the commandment. Exodus, you know, I'm having a time getting around my Bible again tonight. Poor little thing, I'm going to have to either put it out of its misery or I'm going to have to put some more glue to it, one of the two. The 12th chapter, the second verse, it says, this month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Again, and it is all done from that which we call new moon. Okay? It's done during that time. Now, there is a time, and this is important enough that in the book of Numbers, if you'll turn there in the book of Numbers and the 10th chapter, you're going to find that God here again is talking about being a time or being times of rejoicing in the 10th chapter. And we're going to do the first, the first 10 verses here. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Make thee two trumpets of silver. Of a whole piece shalt thou make them, and thou mayest use them for the calling of the assembly and for the journeying of the camps. Now, they tell, the Lord tells them when to blow these. Uh, there's something that I think that I need to stop and say here. Uh, a few years ago, there was a fellow down in Evansville, that, a carpenter, and this guy got him a shofar horn, and he went all around Evansville blowing this shofar horn. The, the horns are not to be blown ex, except on the days and the times in which God tells us to blow them. They're, they're not just something to take out here and to do. And obviously, the guy had absolute no understanding of what a shofar is all about and what it needs to be used for. But the blowing of the trumpets, the blowing of the shofar, is only done when God commands and during certain times and places. And what God is doing here, he's starting to go through this, and we're going to go through it so you'll have a little bit of understanding. And when they shall blow uh, with them all the assembly, that's the third verse, shall assemble themselves to the, uh, at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And if they blow but with one trumpet, then the princes shall... Uh, which are heads of the thousands of Israel, so gather themselves unto thee. When you blow an alarm, then the camp that lie on the east part shall go forward. And when you blow an alarm the second time, then the camps that lie on the south side shall take their journey. They shall blow an alarm for their journeys. But when the congregation to be gathered together, ye shall blow, but ye shall not sound an alarm. So there's different sounds that, that comes out of the, out of the horn. And the sons of Aaron, the priests, shall blow with the trumpet, with the trumpets, and they shall be to you for an ordinance forever throughout your generations. So that was something that we were to, obviously to always to do. And if you go to war, your land against the enemy, 
that oppresses you, uh, then you shall blow an alarm with the trumpets, and you shall be remembered before the Lord your God, and you shall be saved from your enemies. Also in the day of your gladness, okay, in the, in the enjoyed times, joyous times, and in your solemn days, and the beginning of your months. Now, what's the beginning of the months? It's new moon. Over, and you shall blow with the trumpets over your burnt offerings and over the sacrifice of your peace offerings, but they may be you for a memorial before your God. I am the Lord your God. And what I obviously went through all that for was in that tenth verse is to you understand that there is the blowing of the shofar or the blowing of the trumpets that takes place during that uh, beginning of the new month or the, the beginning of Rahash Kadesh. Now, it's important, again, I think, to, to realize that we blow the shofar at sundown on Shabbat or Sabbath. Every Friday, you blow that trumpet, and, and I blow it. And, and what that is signifying is that it is Sabbath. It is the sound, and, and if you were in Israel, you would hear all around, for, I suppose, for how, telling how many miles that you could hear the shofar being blown because what they're doing and what we do with that is saying, it's Shabbat. It's time for us to rest. It's the time that God sanctified and made holy that we're to set this time around. So we are blowing the shofar to remind everyone that this is Shabbat. Now, that same horn blowing takes place also on that which we call Rosh Hodesh or New Moon. And, uh, and that was there in the Scriptures for you to be able to see that. Now, in uh, 1 Samuel, and I want to take 1 Samuel, the 20th chapter here, 1 Samuel 20, uh, in the 18th verse, it says, Then Jonathan said to David, Tomorrow is the new moon, and thou shalt be missed, because thy seat will be empty. Now, they, and the reason I want to put this in was to show you that obviously in David's day, they also discussed, and it was also a very important time of the new moon. Now, and I think often that, that we don't realize why God does what he does. But you know, God created all this. When he said, you know, let there be light, there was light. When God set the sun as to be that which would guide us through the day and the moon, which God set that would guide us by the night. I think it's unusual in itself. The Jewish people believe, or the Orthodox anyway, believe that there was a time when the moon was much brighter, much bigger than it is now. I've never been able to find any evidence through study as to scientifically this being a fact or the truth, but because God said that he made two great lights, and when they say that at one point the, the Orthodox Jew says, because both of these were great lights, then there must have been the fact that the sun, as it was the greater of today's lights, because it's so much brighter, that evidently there must have been a time when the moon was that bright and it was also that bright at night. Now, if you stop and think about that, that's pretty wild, isn't it, to think that, that we could have nights that would be lit up like that of the day, only, if you will, in a a fluorescent bulb uh, in a very quiet, uh, not so bright of a, of, a, of a light of which God would give to us. And, and uh, it's interesting to, uh, as to whether or not that's true, the moon was that size and that bright at that time. I have no idea. I don't, again, I can't find any scientific proof that, it was, that, uh, that they're right, but uh, it's a thought, and that thought they hold very dear to their hearts, believe you me. Uh, in Isaiah 66, Isaiah 66, why do, we, why do we keep these things that God talks about? We keep these things because, because of the fact that they are commandments. And these things are things that God tells us that we're to keep, things that we keep because we love Him, things that we keep because, bless God, we want to be very, very certain that we're pleasing Him. Now, in the 22nd verse of the 66th chapter of Isaiah, it says, For as the new heavens and the new earth which I will make shall remain before me, saith the Lord, so shall your seed and your name remain. Now, when it talks about the new heavens and the new earth 
we're talking about the millennium period now. And in 23 it says, And it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another, and from one Sabbath to another, shall all flesh come to worship before me, saith the Lord. Now, I want to, again, put great emphasis upon the fact that during this time, the millennial period, there is going to be an emphasis put upon two things, the new moon and Sabbath or Shabbat. Uh, these aren't, in particular, I think, when you think about the way and the view in which we as the church, and I love it because we actually can stand on this side and we can say we're the church and we can stand on this side and we can say we're the Jews. But when you look at it from the church standpoint, we have been taught that all of this was done away with because Jesus gave us the new covenant. And now we no longer are obligated to any of the law or any of this or any of that. Now, I have diligently tried, and we will go back and keep adding to those building blocks for you as we go through these things, but I've diligently tried to get you to, to realize that Paul didn't tell us to do away with the law, and certainly Jesus didn't tell us to do away with all of it. So where did all of that come from? Why is it that we... Have you ever heard in... You know, well, the thing about... the Christianity, we've all heard about the Sabbath and why we shouldn't keep it. Now, we all have heard that in the church, but never had I, until I became, I guess you can say, a Messianic Jew, until I went back to my roots and I began to examine and God began to give me revelation knowledge as a prophet about all this stuff, I never heard a new moon about anything. And I don't know whether you have, but I never heard any anything about it. I mean, yeah, we read stuff like this, but I mean, after all, I mean... What do we, and you know, I think the guy was right. We need to, if you're going to be a Christian, I guess you just tear out the Old Testament. And, of course, there are some sects of, of Christianity that only use the New Testament. You go to the church and uh, they get, you get a Bible and, the, and there's no Old Testament in it because they just talk about it being history and that's something that, you know, they don't need anymore. All we need, and this is what they'll tell you, is the writings of Jesus. What they excluded in that was they also needed the writings of Paul, which wrote most of the New Testament, besides what was written in Matthew, Mark, and uh, Luke, and John. And, uh, and the problem, of course, and every, all those were Jews, uh, with exception of Luke, uh, or the possibility of, uh, of him being uh, a Gentile. But anyway, New Moon has to be important enough that it is mentioned. Not only is it mentioned... But we are told that all flesh shall come to worship before me during the time of new moon and during the time of Sabbath or Shabbat. So if it's important enough that when Jesus comes back to this earth, uh, Yeshua, and he rules, then two of the things that you can bet that's going to happen is those of us that are following after him are going to do two things. We're going to worship before the Lord our God on new moon, and we're going to worship before the Lord our God upon Shabbat, upon Sabbath. It's going to happen because we're told here that it's going to happen. Now, the problems with this is, I think, is humongous, to say the least, because we've got the church over here saying we don't have to do that anymore. And yet we've got the commandment going here to us and telling us that this is exactly what we're going to be doing and this is exactly what's going to take place. Now, I think my question to pose to you tonight is, what's going to happen? Well, I'll tell you real quick what's going to happen. You're either going to keep the commandments of God and serve God in the way that God says you're going to serve Him, or you're going to be on the outside looking in instead of on the inside looking out. There isn't any alternatives. There's no uh, this way, that way. But, but, but be comforted with this, as I have said before, because we are, if you will, we are digging a furrow and planting seed that's going to bring forth some 60 and some 100 fold. And it's going to, it is going to come forth. It's not going to come forth overnight. It's, it's, it's going to take time. I hear more and more. Donna read to me something uh, yesterday, I think it was, off the Internet that was sent to us. I, it wasn't sent to us. Somebody had just written in an article or something that you had read uh, that talked about how he had gone to church filled with the Holy Ghost, on fire from God, loved the songs, loved the preacher, loved the ministry, but something was missing. Something, there was more. He couldn't get a hold of it. It was there, and he couldn't grasp on to what it is. And that, 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 that thing, if you want to call it a thing, which isn't a thing, it's the Holy Ghost, the Rahakadish, 
is absolutely going forth and dealing with every heart of every born-again believer and every Jew, every Orthodox Jew on the face of this earth. The Holy Ghost is dealing with them. Why? Because this is what is getting ready to happen. You don't think Jesus is going to come back to this earth with just me and you and a few other charismatic uh, or, or uh, messianic Jews out here knowing the truth about this thing, do you? No, he's not. We are forerunners, and there's nothing worse in this world. I used to tell people, the worst thing you can ever do is get involved with a real walking, talking, prophesying prophet of God, because if you do, you're going to look like you're wrong all the time to all your friends, all your neighbors, most of your family, and definitely the church around town is going to think you're, you're nuts, you're crazy, you're wrong, everything about you. But the fact of it is, the Lord God has to plant the seeds, and the only way God has got to plant these seeds is you and I, people like us. People like us that just absolutely want God more than we want the traditions of the church. And that's, that's how simple it is, but it's also very complex in its own way because we also have ourselves in a position of, of realizing we have got a hold of something here. And, and, I, and folks, I don't, think, I don't think there's hardly a, a day goes by in my life that I don't realize what we've got a hold of. We have got a hold of the very thing in which is going to bring back and going to bring to the face of this earth in this millennium reign the Lord God Himself. And God is now beginning to, now listen, push the church. And you say, well, He doesn't. He just sort of gently nudges. Well, that gentle nudge is a push at this point in time. He's beginning to push us. He's beginning to get... I have prophesied for 20-some years that somebody needs to bury the church. Somebody needs to stand up and point the finger. Somebody needs to say, dig the hole. Somebody else needs to say, bring the bulldozers and push the church off in a thing, and let's get this thing right. Let's quit messing around. Let's quit having all these different beliefs that you can be baptized this way. You don't have to be baptized that way. You believe in healing. I don't believe in healing. Let's, let's make this thing work for all of us, or let's just say this. It's just not going to work at all. But you know something? God doesn't let it just not work at all. He doesn't do that. So we're being told here that we will, at, during new moon and, and Sabbath, that, that, that all flesh... Now, now, shall all flesh come to worship before me, saith the Lord? All flesh, all flesh, all of His will come to worship before Him during these two times. So please understand the importance of new moon. It's not just another time. It's not just another, another place. New moon is something that God said that we'll keep. It is a commandment. It isn't an elective. It's not whether you decide, they decide, the church is going to, the Orthodox do or the Orthodox don't. The fact of it is, this isn't between you and the church. This isn't between you and the Orthodox. This is between you and your God. Just like it's between me and my God. Just as I, I talked about the things uh, the last time we met, we, we, we went through the thing about the head coverings and we talked about those things. These are all personal, individual decisions, quality decisions that we make in the way that we serve the living God. And everybody has to come to grips and everybody has to realize that it is a heart work and that God is taking you wherever you will let Him take you. Wherever you'll let Him take you, He will take you during this hour and this time. It's the hungry, it's the, it's the thirst of the righteous that God's listening to the outcries that are going forth. Because this fellow that wrote this, art, this, this uh, email thing, this, this fellow is one of hundreds of thousands, millions of people that are Christian people. And that's not even talking about... And let me tell you, let's get on... He's over on the church side. Let me talk to you on this side about the Orthodox for a minute. They're not happy either. Their, their, their religion hasn't worked for centuries, and they know it. They're going through rituals. They're going through times of believing what. And what hope do they have? Oh, they have hope in the Messiah. They have the hope that, 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 that He will come and He will arrive and, and He'll make all this thing right and the, new, the millennium time will come. But you know what they believe? They believe the church is standing over there and the church wouldn't even be going to be in it. You know why? Because they know enough of this to know that the church doesn't keep Sabbath, the church doesn't keep New Moon. So how can the church be in that when they know that that's when they're... Oh, where's the church? What's the church going to do when God says, you're all going to come to worship before Me on the Sabbaths, and upon new moon, you're going to come. All flesh is going to do that. What's the church going to do? Well, I'm not coming because I've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Well, who said anything about the law being a curse thing? 
The law wasn't said to be a cursed thing. The only thing that you've been, the only thing that was a curse from it, you couldn't get to heaven by it, which I've told you over and over again, of which Jesus came, and He became that once and for all sacrificial lamb that now that curse of the law is now broken. That's what the curse of the law was and is and will always be. The law is not a cursed thing. Now, let's go on to Ezekiel 46. Ezekiel 46. My friend Ezekiel. This old boy was kind of a hard-nosed prophet, to say the least. 46, first verse. Thus saith the Lord God, The gate of the inner court that looketh toward the east shall be shut the six working days, but on Sabbath it shall be opened, and in the day of the new moon it shall be opened. Now, there again, there's two important times. The only time that the only time that, that was opened was on, on Sabbath, which was every, every Sabbath, once a week and once a month during new moon. And the prince shall enter the way of the porch and the gate without, and shall stand by the post of the gate, and the priest shall prepare his burnt offerings and his peace offerings, and he shall worship at the threshold of the gate. Then he shall go forth, but the gate shall not be shut until the evening. Likewise, the people of the land shall worship at the door of the gate before the Lord in the Sabbath and in the new moon. So that's where they're going to come to worship. All flesh will come before him. And the burnt offering that the prince shall offer unto the Lord in the Sabbath day shall be six lambs without blemish and a ram without, without blemish. And the meat offering shall be an ephon of uh, for a ram and the meat offering for the lambs as he shall be able to give and a hen of oil uh, to an ephah. And the day of the new moon it shall be a young bullock without blemish and six lambs and a ram. They shall be without blemish. Now, what is important again here is that these times include again both the Sabbath and the new moon. It's almost like you, they it's not mentioned one without the other. And I, I think that, that needs to be taken into, into strong account, all right? Uh, because of the fact that the importance or the weight wasn't all Sabbath and every once in a while new moon. It was always talked in conjunction one to another. Let's go to Psalms 81 and maybe we can, uh, maybe we can clear this up a little bit. Uh, Psalms 81. And first five verses here. Sing aloud unto the God, unto God our strength, make a joyful noise unto the Lord of Jacob. Take a psalm and bring hither the timbrel, the pleasant harp with the palsy. Blow up the trumpet in the new moon, in the time appointed on our solemn feast day. Now notice again, blow up the trumpet on the new moon. So the trumpet's to be blown during, during the new moon. Now, Fourth verse, for that which was a statute for Israel and a law of God for Jacob. This he ordained in Joseph for a testimony when he went out through the land of Egypt, when I heard a language that I understood uh, not. Now, the sighting of the new moon, which uh, has reappeared, is also uh, another occasion, obviously, for their celebrations that they talk about. This aspect of creation, and it's part of the creation we talked about uh, when we began in, in, in Genesis, uh, the 14th and 15th verse of the first chapter, anyway, uh, is, our, is to bring a place of our awareness and, and keep it for us. Again, the thing about God, He's always reminding over and over and over again. Now, you know, sometimes I get to wonder, does God think we're that stupid? And you know, I've spent a lot of years, and I know maybe that sounds stupid to be, why would you be caught up into that? Well, why is everything such a reminder? Why do we, why does it remind God? Why, we were at the capita to humble ourselves, to remind ourselves that we're to be humble and we're under God and we're, we're, we're to be shameful before Him. Why is it always remind? Are, are we that stupid? No, we're not that stupid. God, in His infinite wisdom, understands something very, very well about mankind because He created us. That He knows that we can get caught up in circumstances just about that quick, and we do. And through those circumstances that we can be caught up into, if we're not real, real careful, what happens to us is that then, then we begin to do what? We begin to forget those things that He said to remember. 
You know, as we went through, and we'll go back through, I'm sure, numbers of times, the Ten Commandments, the only place in those Ten Commandments that the Lord God said anything about remembering anything was the Sabbath. And He said, remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. He said, remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. Remembering, remembering, remembering. Everything that the Orthodox Jew does is remembrance of or in remembrance of. And it's important that we understand. Is that is there anything wrong with that? No, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with it at all. And I'll tell you why. I often find about taking communion. Even with that, the church doesn't do it. We've never done a good job. Church, the church is, we, we have somehow gotten people to remember something. Most of the time it is what time we're going to have the monthly feed, uh, you know, what time you need to come to help build the new gymnasium out back. Uh, the, the, a lot of that remembrance goes on. But very seldom do you ever hear anybody minister about taking communion and the things that are wrong with the church in the way that they take communion and why it is that it can be a deadly thing to you. It can be something to cause you to be sick all the, all the time. Things go bad in your life all the time. If you don't have... Handling communion, brothers and sisters, is just like it was in the days of, of, of the prophets. The days of David was handling the Ark of the Covenant. You mishandle it, you're going to die. And yet at the same time, we line up, the kids eat the crackers and drink the, drink the juice, and everybody laughs and has a big time and don't have the foggiest idea of what they're doing with it. It's bringing everybody to remembrance so you understand what's going on, that you will remember. And that's what, and that's exactly what, exactly what God is saying and exactly the way God is, is getting it done. Now, by expressing gratitude for the, for the renewal of, of life, and that's what it is, and hopefulness of the future is what New Moon is all about. It's renewing. Now, originally the New Moon uh, was not fixed by a- astronomical calculations as it is today. You know, you can look on the, look in your uh, calendar and you can see New Moon written down. The way it was done, it was solemnly proclaimed after witnesses had testified, two witnesses, as a matter of fact, had testified to members within the high court that they had seen out across from Jerusalem on, on the hillside, these two witnesses would look, and if they could see the crescent, uh, the crescent of the moon, which is when it's, you know, when it's in the dark of the moon, when all you see is that crescent around it, then they would signal by fire as to that they had seen it. And then if it was to be seen, then they received that as confirmation, all right? And receiving it as confirmation, uh, then, then, bless God, then they begin to celebrate uh, that which was uh, this the time called New Moon. Now, again, if it didn't come on that night, on the 30th day, then it fell, they knew the next night, so they didn't have to have the witnesses out there, so they, they, they celebrated the next, the next day. Now, there are, and if you'll... Uh, Avail yourself to the to some orthodox stuff on the uh, uh, computer. You can find uh, times. Now you have to understand something that with when Israel, you know, they're eight hours or so in front of us, uh, so or ahead of us, yeah, be in front of us. So what you'll have to understand is that those times that you're going to see that they'll say this is the this is the crescent of the of the of the new moon, and this is the time of it then you just need to count the hours and change that somewhat, and you'll know exactly when it is. Not always is the calendar uh, that you've got hanging on your wall right. Now, you do realize uh, that New Moon is celebrated, and, and we're going to get here in a minute to how it's celebrated, and, and, and then you can maybe understand again. Uh, I know you've seen the menorah that we finally remembered to bring the, the screw gun to put on the thing to put up here, that we have the, the, the seven... Uh, candlestick uh, uh, menorah here, and we'll be we we will light it as we go down through it. Now, the orthodoxy claim the fact that women don't have to work on the on the day of new moon. Now, gals, you would just love that, wouldn't you? And and you know, New York, Chicago, uh, Israel, Jerusalem. There's other there's another world out there, and if you I, I would, I would just, I would just love, and I want to, I'm definitely one day going to take, uh, take Donna into that world, and, and there's nothing like the way you and I live. Uh, here you go up and tell the boss that you're going to be off on, on New Moon, you lose your job. You know, I mean, that's just, that's just what's, you're out of here. You know, you have to be here to work. You say, well, you can't take, yeah, uh, legally, they can't, much so, 
that when they say to the women that there's no work for them on New Moon, most of the orthodoxy does not work and, and treats New Moon as Shabbat also, as a Sabbath, and they don't work on that day either. Now, that's not all of the Orthodox, but it's a large portion of them, okay? Let's, let's go to 2 Kings. 2 Kings, if I can go to 2 Kings, where I can close my... I'll tell you where in a minute. 2 Kings 4.23. 2 Kings 4.23. That's nice. I only got first kings. That's not quite what I'm looking for. Alright. Y'all probably got it and read it and said, let's get on to the next one. Okay, 423. And he said, Wherefore will thou go to him today? It is neither new moon nor Sabbath. And she said, It shall be well. Now, the reason that I wanted to pick this out, because they did not travel on Sabbath. The Orthodox won't travel on Sabbath. The Orthodox believe, and, and again, when we get into studying the 1613 laws, I, I, I want to caution you. There's, there's things there that the Orthodox have definitely put into as being part of all that through the Talmud, and we'll talk much about the Talmud. The Talmud is just simply those things of which their rabbis have taught them or said unto them pertaining unto uh, the Levitical law. Uh, as to this, that, or whatever, it is only their opinion. Now, as I've told you before, one of the things that the, the, that, the, that the rabbis have said to me is that Paul was also uh, a rabbi and that Paul's writings should not be considered any more so than the writings of those rabbis that uh, did the, that of the Talmud. Now, I don't agree with that because Paul was filled with the Holy Ghost led by God, and effectively so. But I also realize what they're saying. The Orthodox realize, that the rabbis in particular realize, that Paul is, is probably one of the reasons why the church has been blinded. Now, I don't have a problem with that because we have studied within this transition. And through that, I have taught you that that of Ephraim was going to be blinded. There had to be a way in which which the church was to be blinded. Why not Paul? You know, again, Peter said, this Paul, this guy you've got to watch because he's so smart. He's a, he's a, sad, you know, he's a Pharisee, and, and he, knows, he knows more than, than most people, and he talks way above people's heads, and they get confused, and they don't understand what he's saying. And the church says, oh, we're so smart. We know everything. Well, i got news for the church. Paul talked over their heads, too. And they got confused, and they don't believe the law, and they don't believe the New, you know, the new Testament Saints are God of this, and the law should have been that. Well, it goes back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. So the, the, the key is, is, to, is to understand that here in this case, that they did not go anywhere on new moon nor on Sabbath. In other words, they didn't travel. You can't, you can't get an Orthodox Jew to go anywhere. They're allowed so many steps, and I'll have to look it up because I've forgotten, but they're only allowed to take so many steps from their front door on new moon or upon Sabbath. Now, the enemies, the Palestinians, uh, or, or at that time the Philistines, which is as Palestinians, uh, the Philistines would attack them during those times because they knew that they couldn't run and hide. They could only go so many steps. I'm going to say they were only allowed like 70 steps or whatever. So, and they'd count them, and they'd get that many, and they'd just turn around and stand there until they killed them. And they die around the spot. Now, that is how strongly they believed in keeping what they believed to be the law. Now, when we get to that part, we're going we're gonna to dig into that. And we're gonna, I think you'll see some, uh, some uh, things that maybe that should have been done a bit different. I don't want to judge that. I, just wanted, I want you to see both sides of it. I want you to, again, as I said, it's a hard thing for you to understand, for you to, you to judge within yourselves about what it's about. But what I did want you to see is, that they again treat new moon and Sabbath almost identically the same. All right. Now in in Amos, the eighth chapter, the eighth chapter of, of Amos, if you will turn back there, eighth chapter and the fifth verse. Saying, When will the new moon be gone, that we may sell corn, and the Sabbath that we may set forth wheat? Now Again, 
the Sabbath and new moon is treated the same. Now, you know, you're not to sell and you're not to buy on the Sabbath. And as I've told you, the, the key to understanding the Sabbath is to understand that if the ox is in the ditch, you need to pull the ox out of the ditch, Sabbath or no Sabbath. It needs to be done. If it's something that has to be done, then you do it. If it's something that can wait, then you need to let it wait. Why? Because it's God's Sabbath. This isn't, you know, I realize that when you look at it that way, it's much easier than saying, well, God, you know, Sabbath was made for man, and that's right. Jesus is, is the Sabbath. Okay, Jesus is that Sabbath. Now, at the same time, you and I begin to look at Sabbath, and we begin to say, look, this, this, this is God's Sabbath. It may be made for man, but it's God's Sabbath, and you don't want to be defiling God's Sabbath. You know, we, you, you, you talk about things that are automatic things, things that will automatically get you blessed. Keeping the Sabbath will do one or two things for you. It's either going to bless you or it's going to curse you. New moon is exactly the same. That's the reason it's so important to grasp onto and understand this ain't a joke. This is something that God implemented. This is something God commanded. And this is something that we're going to keep, and we're sure going to keep it when Jesus comes back. So those, those things, I, I, you know, we, we, we get into those areas, and then you get to thinking, well, golly gee, you know, I can slide back. Again, uh, the, the, the problem that I see with all of it, it really becomes quite uh, maybe interesting, but it also, I guess it's sort of funny in its own self, is the fact that you're, you're either going to serve God or you're going to serve something close to being God, or in some cases not serve God at all. The advantage, uh, uh, brothers and sisters, is to do all that you can do that you know that God tells you to do, not only that because of the blessings, but because that will get you closer to God. Pleasing God gets you closer to God. Let's go to Colossians. In the New Testament, Colossians, the second chapter, the 16th verse. And uh, this is interesting here, too, again, because you're going to also see it mentioned again and here in the New Testament. And Colossians 2.16 says, Let no man therefore judge you in meat, or in drink, or in respect of, of, of a holiday, or of the new moon, or of the Sabbath days. Now, notice the things that are there. But don't, let, don't, don't, don't think nothing about man trying to judge you and me, the fact that we, we don't eat pork, all right? Or in drink, the fact that we do drink wine. And the church looks at you and says, well, you know, you can't, you can't, you can't be drinking any alcohol. You can't be do, doing that. Just don't let them judge you. Or in respect of any holy day. Don't, don't let them start telling you that you don't need to keep, uh, keep uh, a pace off, that you don't need to keep uh, um, those, uh, the other holidays that, that, that are kept, that are commanded that we keep. Don't, don't let anybody judge you in that. And then he says, or of the new moon or of the Sabbath days. He said, don't, 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 don't let it happen. So, again, you have to understand that we're being told here, and Paul's the writer of Colossians, that he's writing to them and he's telling them to look, and he's taught, he points out new moon, and he points out the Sabbath days. So the fact of it is, it isn't just some old old uh, uh, old uh, Testament prophecy here that uh, no longer done away with. As I said, uh, Paul kept new moon. Paul Paul kept Sabbath. Paul kept all these things. Why? Because he said, I have not offended in the law with God or any of the laws of man. He said, I haven't offended. I haven't done anything against any of it. And if he had a, he couldn't have said that. Amen. Amen. Now, uh, God doesn't specifically is the word I'm looking for tell you that you have to make new moon a Sabbath. But in all that we have read, it alludes to that. And I, and I don't again. You have to do what you can do. And I realize that we live we live in. A world that's made around mammon, made around money. And I don't, you know, I don't know, I'm more fortunate than others. I, I, I don't have a, a job to go to every day, so I don't have a boss to tell me what I can or I can't do. So it's very easy for me to keep new moon. Uh, it's very easy for me to keep Sabbath because of the fact that, I, that you know, that I, that I don't. But for those of you that, that go to work, and not so much now. If you have to work Saturdays, you just have to work Saturdays. You, you, you know, again, and now listen, I, I keep talking about balance to this thing. I know, I remember when I started going through all this thing, I remember one of the things that happened, somebody come to me and said, well, I went to my employer and told them it was my religious right 
that I not work on new moon or Sabbath. And you know what the employer told them? Get out of town. You lost your job. You're fired. It's over. And I said, well, what are you going to do? Well, he said, do you know what it costs to get a lawyer? And I said, I most certainly did. I said, now, I said, all you did was lose your job. I said, you became a fool. You played right into the hands of, the, of darkness. You said, well, 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 if you're not supposed to work and you've got to work, what's the thing? You've got to realize something. And the thing that you've got to realize, you've got to do, you have to support your family. You have to do that. I mean, the Bible is very clear about those people that will not support their families. You've got to work. And in this world that we live in, God is not the priority. I don't, you know, you, you go to work, and I've heard so many people come to me and say, well, I went to work for this Christian guy and his business, and boy, I was there for about a month, and man, I found out one thing. He's not much of a Christian. Well, you know, there again, we're talking, and then you play that one, and then you go back and try to play this song. I'm going to keep New Moon. Well, what day is that on? Well, just whatever time of the month that New Moon comes, and it, and it does come at different times. That employer's going to look at you and say, Get out of town. You know, it's over. You're not going to do this here. So you, you, you have to realize. And people say, well, what are we going to do? I'll tell you what you're going to do. You're going to live and live a godly, righteous life before God. And in God's time, He will make a way for you. If you will do little things, then there will be the bigger things that will come. But if you're not willing to do the little things, i, I got news for you, brothers and sisters. You don't have to worry about the bigger things because they're never going to show up. And that's the reason that I one of the two. I should have told you to keep a hold of Amos. I want you to back there up again. I want to read a, a few more verses in that. Actually, I want to go back to 8, same chapter, chapter 8. We'll start in the fourth verse, and I'm going to go down through 7, which uh, will take in what we read before. Hear this, O ye that, that swallow up the needy, even to make the poor of the land fail, saying, When will the new moon be gone, that we may sell corn, and the Sabbath, that we may set forth wheat, making the ephon small and their shekel great, and falsifying the balances by deceit, that, that we may buy the poor for silver and the needy pair of shoes, yea, and sell, the, sell the, the refuse of wheat. The Lord has sworn by the excellency of Jacob, surely I will never forget any of their works. Now, when God said, I won't forget their works, and what he's talking about here are the people who keep Sabbath and new moon, God will not forget your works. Those are works. These are things that you, if you will, have to work at to do, all right? Uh, Sabbath isn't hard to implement in your life. It's just beginning to do it. It's different. And like I said, you've got, you got, you got to think different. You've got to begin to know that, bless God, Sunday is the first day of the week. You, go, you work. Sundays you work. Saturdays you don't. Friday sundown, Saturday sundown, you just don't work. Well, that's not what the church says. But let me tell you something. The church has been wrong. The church is wrong in this instance. And then we're talking about another area here, and I will guarantee you, girls, when you go to work tomorrow, ask, ask the good folks sitting in the, in the Pentecostal churches what they know about New Moon. And you know what they're going to tell you? Nothing. They don't know anything about it. So if Sabbath is a problem, well, then, bless God, you can imagine, you can imagine what New Moon is going to be. It's going to be a problem, too. But understand something. God will make the way. The days of the second temple, a ceremony blessing the moon, sometimes called sanctification of the moon, was developed or implemented. From the third evening of the reappearance of the moon until the 15th day, the prayer quickly became associated with the messianic hope, which is the coming of Messiah. All right? So they begin to move over into that area, and they begin to use the time of the new moon. Now, remember, the, the, the new moon is the renewing. The, the, the beginning of a new phase. The beginning of Messiah coming to this earth. And as, I, as we know, the, the Jew believes that the Messiah is soon to come. And uh, they were blinded from their part of it. that They didn't realize He came the first time. And one day they will. Now, the service. And I've got uh, the service for New Moon. Now, I'm going to. I'm going to look. I didn't look, uh, uh, Donna. We've come past New Moon this month. I don't know what day New Moon is next month. Somewhere around the 12th. Um, we will instruct you. I, I will bring copies. There are there are there are uh, uh, a number of scriptures that are read on New Moon, all doing to the to the renewing of the, the new phase. 
and I will bring that for those of you that may want it. Uh, we'll write it. I'll have it. Don will run it off, and we'll put it out on the tape table. And those scriptures need to be read. Uh, they they need to be read. Uh, bless God, uh, so that you'll pay attention to the importance of the renewing of the moon. Now, the other thing that's done is that there is one candle that is lit, and it is lit when the when the shofar is blowing at sundown. Okay, if new moon is the twelfth on on on. Uh, Bless God, on the 11th at sundown, you blow the shofar, and then there is a candle that's lit. One candle. That candle burns for 24 hours until sundown the next night. 24 hours. Now, what I would suggest, now I don't know whether you have a candle that will burn 24 hours or not, but, but I have, uh, we have, excuse me, dear, we have, uh, thank you, that's usins, you and I. Uh, oil lamp that there's a single that burns and it will burn 24 hours. Now, let me caution you the fact you you can't just set those candles anywhere. Uh, I would strongly urge you at night to put that candle, especially if you got animals in the house or children in the house. I would put those candles down in the sink, okay, so that they can't get knocked off, they can't burn the house down, nothing can happen strange or by mistake. And uh, do it that way. But uh, you, whatever you burn, you, you need to have where it will burn uh, 24 hours. Now, uh, some use a floating uh, uh, candle, and you can do that. Uh, our menorah was fixed where it would float. Uh, the candles were down into oil, and they would float. Now, you can do that if you want, because uh, they represent the moon uh, uh, floating in the sky, and many, many of the Orthodox do it that, do it that way. Now, the the... New Moon, the Rosh Hodesh, is also celebrated in the same way the Sabbath. You know, we, when we first started coming down here, we was coming down here on Friday evenings, and we brought the two loaves of kala. Now, they are twisted loaves, and again, I must go through that with you, because I want you, if you want to celebrate that in your homes uh, on, uh, on Friday evenings, you need to understand the prayers, and you need to understand the, uh, what goes on with all of that. So, the kala is made on... On, on New Moon, Rosh Hodesh, but it is made in a round loaf, two round loaves, and as the moon or the crescent uh, itself. And these are also, then you pray over that to that kala, that's the prayer that I prayed here, and then you serve that and you eat that, okay? Uh, in Deuteronomy, the fourth chapter, and we're going we're gonna to wrap things up with that, Deuteronomy 4. But I think, too, that it's very important to, to grasp onto and, 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 you know, if I could give you anything, it'd just be, you know, be bold and be strong. For the Lord thy God is with thee. And understand that you're about to please God. And, and you just you don't, don't look to the left, don't look to the right, don't listen to what's being said. Do what's in your heart. Because your heart will never, ever take you the wrong direction. The fourth chapter, Deuteronomy, the fifth Verse, Behold, I have taught you statutes and judgments, even as the Lord my God commanded me. And ye should do so in the land, whether ye should go to possess it. Keep therefore and do them. Now, now statutes and judgments, okay? Now, new moon and Sabbath is part of that, all right? Keep therefore and do them, for this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of nations, which shall hear all these statutes and say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. The 30th verse now. Verse 30 and 31. It says, When thou art in tribulation, and all these things are come upon thee, even in the latter days. Now, please grasp on to that. Even in the day that you live in today, the days just prior to Messiah coming back to the face of this earth. That is the literal translation of, a Hebrew for that, all right? So, in the days of tribulation, the days of trouble, when thou art in trouble, and all things come upon thee, even in the last days, the latter days, before the Messiah comes back, if thou turn to the Lord thy God, and shall be obedient unto his voice, for the Lord thy God is a merciful God, he will not forsake thee, neither destroy thee, nor forget the covenant of thy fathers, which he sware unto them. Now, the covenant that he made with our fathers was new moon and Sabbath was part of that. Okay? 
But he's saying, if you will be obedient under his voice, if you'll be obedient when those times of trouble comes, even in the latter days, folks, we are in trouble. The church is in trouble. The church doesn't know that it's in trouble because the church is too busy out here building their own kingdoms. But the church is in trouble. We are in the latter times. We're in the latter days. We couldn't be any more in them if we'd have wrote the book ourselves. And it says if we'll be obedient unto His voice. His voice. Whose voice? The Lord God, the Father, Yahweh's voice. The same God that commanded Moses is the same God that commanded His Son Jesus. And turn, Jesus commanded us. said, if you will keep, keep these things and do these things, He said, He'll not forsake thee, neither destroy thee, nor forget the covenant. He will not forget the covenant that He made with our forefathers, if you will be obedient. And the key is, again, if you are obedient. If, 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 if. If you're not, then I'm going to tell you something. These troubles are going to overtake you. And I want you to listen real close to me. What happened that we all have seen on the news of these 30,000 people that have passed away, and they, they, they're still saying that could double. And then after that, they could double again with the disease and everything that's taking place over in, over in Asia and all that, that area that took place with that, uh, that, uh, that uh, tidal wave that came in. They said that thing traveled 500 miles an hour, 30 feet tall. They said it blew a ship like a, like a projectile right out of the water and, and uh, a mile inland and hit the side of a mountain. These are times of troubles. These are times in which the church needs to wake up and say, what is going on? This is the time that nations and leaders, presidents and kings and queens and prime ministers should get on their faces before the living God and cry out, what is it that we have done wrong? But you know why they don't? Because they don't even know that we've done anything wrong. They don't know that. And, and folks, it goes all the way from keeping Sabbath and keeping new moon to the rest of these things that God commands us to do. And now we're down to a time when the church says you don't need that anymore. And yet how many Christians have died over there just here in the last day or two? How many died that were Christian people? I'm here to tell you something. The time of your trouble, God won't forsake you if you're going to keep this stuff. But I'm here as a prophet and I keep saying over and over and over again, there are times coming to the United States of America that is going to match what we saw on TV here just a day or two ago with all the that devastation that took place with those thousands upon thousands of people. It's coming. It's coming to this earth. There isn't anything you can do about it. There's nothing I can do about it. There's nothing the church can do about it. It's coming. And the reason that it has come is because we have forsaken the ways of the living God. And that's the reason all this has taken place. It isn't taken place because, oh, the devil got in the middle of it. The devil can't get in the middle of the things of God. The devil can't, the devil tried. The devil found out real quick that he, when he tried to exalt his throne above that of the Most High God, that God uh, cast him out and put him down here and said, you want to be Lord over something and God over something? You be God over that earth down there. But there's nothing that you'll do that you first didn't pass through my hands. And still today, here comes old stinking a uh, slew foot, he goes before God and he said, Well, God, you know, well, they're going to have big old, you know, all those people over there, they all, you know, they all think some of them serve you, some of them don't, the way it all is. He said, Let me, let me cause a great disaster. Let's see if the people turn to you then. You want to know something? They didn't and they won't because they don't know to. They don't know to turn to God. They think, they think, oh, Gee, this is just a bad stroke of luck. Well, I'm going to tell you something. If that's what they believe, they better get ready because there's a bunch of stroke of bad luck about to happen to this world as their eyes would see it. Hey, thank you so much, Prophet Deckard. Again, you can get a hold of us at the website, www.jewishprophet.com, and you can find out, again, all this material that you're hearing taught every day, every week. Folks, you want to get out there and start taking a look at that and start ordering that material because you need to get a hold of that and start to apply that into your life so that it will change your life. You know what? You can also email your prayer request to cradle at jewishprophet.com. We'll be praying for your prayer requests. Shalom until tomorrow. And remember, with God, all things are possible.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.